0: to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to episode 50 of Stay Grounded. Man, 50 episodes in. How crazy is that? I can't believe that. It feels like yesterday that I was just starting and it's kind of funny. I was listening to some of the earlier episodes and it's amazing how much I, I feel like I've personally grown as an interviewer and just, um, just the way I ask questions and the way I navigate through these episodes. I mean, it's, it's amazing just to see how far I've personally come. And I'm very grateful for all of you, for the listens, the downloads, the, uh, the feedback, the reviews, the just everything. You guys have been such an inspiration for me to just keep pushing and 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 bringing out these amazing souls onto the podcast. So thank you so much for sticking with us and being here on this auspicious moment. Um, can't wait to do another fifty more and and beyond that. but uh, before we do that, I want to introduce um, this week's guest, and I'm very grateful that I got to have this individual on for episode fifty and this is Mr. Matthew Abrams. So, Matt, uh, interesting story. I he actually facilitated an event that I was a part of. It was a small, intimate mastermind, and uh, we hired Matt to come on in and facilitate some some real deep connection and and foster some authentic, vulnerable growth that forced us to really pull back the veil of. What stops us from from really showing up and exploring uh, self awareness at a much deeper level? And Matt was the man who was facilitating it all. (laughs) Um, And so after he facilitated the event, I literally went up to him and I just told him, I was like, Matt, I need you to be on the podcast because what you just delivered for me and the individuals in that room was so powerful in a way that uh, I wanted to to just dive in and see how he became that way. But so Matt Abrams, he is a uh, he's a accomplished. EOS implementer, which is a, essentially a business implementer, if you would, where he actually goes in and he helps uh, business owners, CEOs, teams uh, really open up and and create more cohesiveness, whether it be through uh, focusing on what they really want to do or moving forward or removing the, the Almost like the blockages that that stop teams from from really moving forward, and I think he really does that by just creating very courageous and open spaces where people feel safe to explore uh, what's holding them back with vulnerability and honesty. and And I think uh, the reason why Matt can do this is because he's so damn curious about himself, and he's so damn curious about other people. I mean, Matt uh, spent nine months traveling. Uh, in in the back of a van, just going around, meeting different people, experiencing different cultures. And in all of this, he realized that we're just not that much different. I think that's such a powerful, it's one thing to say it out loud, and that's another thing to really believe it. And just from this conversation, I know that Matt exudes that true belief in humanity and our own collective ability to just enhance consciousness and, and just become more, United as we move through a much more disconnected world, and I, I'm just—I was just so inspired by this this conversation around fear, self-awareness, love, community, connection, forgiveness. I mean, it, it really touched on every single thing that that I believe Stay Grounded represents, which is this idea of just infusing passion and fulfillment into every part of life. And I think in order to do that, we have to pull the covers back and really explore um, some of these deeper and darker and uncomfortable concepts that, uh, that, that we don't just, we just don't talk about We don't bring to the surface. And uh, this conversation meant so much to me because it was just so important for me to hear some of the things that Matt had to say around even privilege, religion, barriers. I mean, it it was just inspiring and it invoked my own curiosity in the world and and the things I don't know, the things I do know. And uh, it was such a beautiful, um, it's just such a beautiful episode for us to have as number 50. And so I'm super inspired, super grateful, and just super ready to um, to share the brilliance that is Matt Abrams. If you want to know more about what Matt does, if you hear this conversation and you want Matt to come out to your own teams and facilitate incredible growth-related um, just experiences, you can head to Matthew-Abrams.com. We've got the links in the show notes, so you can go do that. But hope you guys really enjoy this conversation um, because... Like I said, I wouldn't just put any episode for number 50. And I think that this one deserves the gamut in so many ways. And so enjoy. But before we do that, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us some love uh, as a review. Um, get in on the Stay Grounded community on Facebook as well. You can head to com forward slash Stay Grounded. Join us, get involved, ask questions. We talk about these concepts and a lot of times these guests are actually in the groups. So if you want to interact with them and really sort of give them the thanks and everything that they've given us, uh, or just give thanks for all the information they've shared, it's a great place to do that. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy this episode and yeah, thank you guys for being a part of the Stay Grounded community and family and for inspiring me to, to continue pushing and, and putting these out. So anyways... Uh, Big hugs to all and enjoy the brilliance that is Mr. Matthew Abrams. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Super excited and privileged to be talking to my friend, Mr. Matt Abrams. How you doing, man? Hey, man. I'm great. Good to be here. Yeah, dude, super excited to have you here. Um, So I already said a bit of this in the intro, but uh, I will never forget the first time I met you. Um, That was one of the most unorganized uh, (laughs) little escapades that I'd ever been on in the personal development space. But Uh uh, something about the way you wielded and navigated the frontier um, really made me admire your uh, your own personal skill sets. And I'm really grateful here just to kind of dive in, man. Yeah, great. Let's do it. All right, cool. Um, so one, I want to start there. Uh, one thing I've, I've been really impressed by, at least the first time I met you, was your ability to navigate and communicate in a way that almost wields uncertainty with like, this incredible sense of um, expertise. Hmm. I want to ask, where did that skill start coming out? When did you first notice your own ability to sort of navigate different mm-hmm. waters? Were there experiences in your life that allowed you to learn mm-hmm. just how to navigate life in that, in that artful way uh, more than others? Yeah. Well,
1: first, thank you. I'm glad you experienced me that way. That's, that's <laughs> really what, what I aim for. So if that landed with you, then that's phenomenal. Um, Yeah, I think there probably have been some real seminal and formative moments in my journey. Um, When I was about 26, 27, uh, my life began in a lot of ways. Um, I kind of hopped off the conveyor belt of life and kind of shoulds and expectations. And I moved out of New York City and moved in with my mom. And I... uh, Basically did odd jobs, started a small construction company for about six months, saved up about 10,000 bucks and bought a van and spent nine months traveling uh, mostly across the US, a little in Mexico, a little in Canada. But my intention was to live and work, really embed myself within diverse cultures because I figured like, I lived. I grew up in the Northeast and a relatively privileged insular upbringing, and I feel like I didn't get a chance to really meet the world. I felt safe, but I didn't feel challenged. So I had the privilege of being able to throw myself into that challenge. So I lived and worked on the Blackfoot Reservation in Montana, herding cattle on horseback and participating in indigenous ceremonies. I worked on a fishing boat in on the bering sea in alaska working 126 hours a week with um current and ex-felons and really just putting myself to the physical test where in in uh, cut bank montana i was putting myself to the spiritual test um and then i went down worked at a youth hostel in maui um, and worked uh basically lived and worked in these really diverse cultures um and i realized that even though they were so different from me and and my experience, there was something very similar too. And I was able to attenuate that kind of energetic frequency within me um, to the external diverse experiences. And I realized that I actually am more brother and sister with people that are across incredibly diverse uh, paths and walks of life than I had ever imagined. So it was really in that experience where I was building that muscle to understand that, yes, I'm definitely a very different, unique creature on this planet. But at the same time, um, there's similarities, there's similar experiences, there's similar elements of what it means to be a human across all race, age, gender, etc., And in in those nine months I was able to really attenuate that skill because I was working as a travel writer at the time. So it was my job to really, um, be vulnerable and connect in an authentic way and listen and be curious. And you can't fake that shit. Like you really have to be present. And I had, and I'm, man, I made so many mistakes. Um, I, thought I had, I knew so much more than I did. And I was like, well, it's got to be like this, right? And they're like, no, man, you don't get it. So I think it was through a lot of uh, humility that I started to really understand that I don't understand. And yes, there are connections and yes, there are similarities and those are authentic, but my experience is foundationally, fundamentally different than everyone else's. And I learned how to come from a place of curiosity And identifying as much as I could and being curious where I couldn't. So not looking to try to fit anything into any kind of square peg into a round hole kind of thing, but really just discovering, like in a co-discovery process. So a very long-winded answer to your very simple question, but um, just knowing that there's, there's something in the space between you and me that's magic. And only together through curiosity and exploration and a commitment to that pursuit can we find it.
0: That's a beautiful way of looking at um, almost consciousness or even connectedness, relationships, love. It's all a form of energy. And I love the way, I love the idea of using curiosity as a way to almost evoke these energetic states, do you feel, if you could pin it down to something, do you feel like it was a sense of curiosity that birthed uh, almost like an attitude of acceptance or an attitude of, like, do you think that curiosity was almost like the gateway drug to all these other positive emotions or do you think there was something else? I think
1: curiosity is a huge one and a pursuit of wholeness. So curiosity is the tool and pursuit of wholeness is the game. Mm. So knowing that I am incomplete and I am a work in progress and um, listening deeply internally. So this would be more of my spiritual practice to discover alignment and calling and then curiosity to go out into the world um, to be open minded, to be open hearted and to really meet people and experiences in that process. So I think, I think curiosity is a big part of it um, because the moment that I come from a place of knowing, I instantly close that door. Mm. When I come from a place of curiosity, that door is open and we can, I can walk through that person can walk through. I can meet on their side. They can meet on my side. We can meet in the middle. um, And that's, that's the ideal. And that's that, Um, that's that edge, not quite in my world, not quite totally in their world, but that place in the middle where I think we all find that sense of wholeness. We all find, uh, a little bit more of what is in that moment than what was, what was that moment before. So that's where I see that pursuit of wholeness and it happens on a micro level between two people, but in that whole process, and I'm getting a little metaphysical here, but in that whole process, I feel like we the proverbial we as a kind of human nation and life form find that sense of wholeness and repair. And we remember that connection. And that's, I mean, I think on, on some foundational level, I think that's what we're all really hungry for is finding our unique role in an ecology of wholeness. Mm.
0: Beautifully stated, dude. Um, Can't tell you're a writer at all, or a speaker at all, um, but uh, no, I wanted I'm, to, I'm just a passionate dude. Yeah, no, man, and it shows, and I guess that birds my next question. Do you practice curiosity with yourself? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, yes, I
1: do. In my finer moments, it's probably my, my least favorite thing to do. Um, because usually when I practice that, I discover that I'm not the person that I want to be. I discover that there's more and more and more learning and evolution. So you know, at the end of the day, it's awesome and I love it, and it's uh, the, probably the most beautiful, magical pursuit possible. But you know, in the moment, it's oh, great, another fucking learning opportunity, <laughs> and and my wife is great at providing you know that mirror. And inviting me in to see um, the work in progress and the messy bits of being uh, a human. Um, so so yes, I do. Um, and I think, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally take this in a very different direction <laughs> that you asked the question, but it's just coming up for me and I gotta listen. Do it, do it, do it. So for me as a white man, there are so many ways that uh, our society is constructed that support me to not be curious about myself. There are so many ways that um, the way that I think by default is the way that this world has been designed to support. So as a white man, Ooh, it's, deep. It's, um, it's a privilege. It's an opportunity that I can opt into to peel back some of the layers of how I see the world and why I see the world that way. Whereas many, most other people don't have that as a privilege, they have it as a survival technique. So, in and, and pretty recently, over the last five to 10 years, and certainly traveling has had a lot to do with it, I have learned that it's my responsibility as a human on this planet in these times to be curious about myself. And it's, it's a privilege that I have to be able to peel back the layers of that artichoke and get to the heart. Um, but it's also kind of like pay to play. As as far as I see it in this time and age, we know now, I mean, if you don't know the injustices that we live in, in these days, um, man, you're hiding under a rock. So you can't unring that bell once you know it. So I feel like as soon as I, and again, this is a privilege to not know it and to come into this place beyond ignorance. But I feel like once that happens, being curious is an absolute fundamental necessity of being a human. So we all have privilege. I get that. um, But as a white man, I think, I mean, I believe that there's... um, there's excessive and often uh, really harmful degrees of privilege that I have access to. So I see it as my responsibility, both as a human, but as a a white man in specific, to really be curious
0: within myself. That's good. Um, I'll I'll explore that with you, because I think that's really interesting. Um, Practicing curiosity to understand privilege. I would say that all cultures, Uh, should follow that practice. Um, I think the disagreements in society are based on a fundamental disconnect in, in viewing things on a, on a level playing field. Um, Now, so with that being said, like there are a lot of things that I'm personally privileged to have, and I can peel back my own layers to try and understand other people. And I think that that's really the conversation. I think that's the point you're making is that we all have this incredible ability to explore our own privileges with curiosity, which then makes them less dangerous, right? Uh, Because you're recognizing that they exist. Right. And now you're getting curious about them, which is allowing you to connect more with people, even though you don't share the fundamental on the eye, uh, similarities that you would, you nailed it, man.
1: You nailed it. And so often it's like, that's the shit that's so painful for all of us to look at, whether it's we've been wounded or we've been doing the wounding. Yeah. So we, as you know, as humans, don't like to go into the pain. We do not like to go into the fear. But when we look at the shadow, the shadow disappears. So it's mm-hmm. this catch twenty two that's really, really tricky, um, but absolutely essential for evolution and for co evolution. And. And man, I do not have it figured out. I just want to be really <laughs> like and better, crystal clear that I'm on a journey. I'm on a pursuit um, of personal healing and personal repairing and, and doing that on a journey with others. But like, as you mentioned, you know, we create all these, like with religion, I think is a great case in point, all these um, artificial cultures and identities that create otherness And that prevents us, you know, that puts a veil between true connection. So there's nothing at all wrong with religion, um, but religion can be a tool or a veil. And that tool can be a bridge for understanding. If we have a story that is about exploration and, and, and spirituality lives within the veins of the religion. But when it becomes a set set of beliefs, that are non-interpretable non-negotiable and create a sense of us and you and difference that's where you know religion breaks down and that's where we get fragmented as humans. And yeah, so I mean, wow, look at where we're going in the first well, 10 it's... minutes. But <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that that's like, that's the calling of our times on a micro scale to like repair within ourselves and to repair within each other. And that's what, you know, one of the reasons I was so happy to invite me on this show is because we need to be grounded we need to come from a deeper place we have so many of these superficial stories and so much noise out there that we need the signal and we need Mm -hmm. to be grounded to hear that signal and we find that with curiosity we find that with honesty we find that with vulnerability and you know that's that's how we met i love holding spaces that are courageous places to explore vulnerability to explore connection to explore personal discovery and collective achievement that's why i'm
0: on this planet i love that dude and i love how clear you just you're just brilliant and articulating some of the psyches behind uh these human conditions and experiences that we're going through i have so many damn questions for you uh i'm trying to figure out out what the best way to go forward is so i'm just going to go with the first one that comes off my mind Mm -hmm. how have how have your fears evolved over time um
1: i think that i have become more in touch with them i think my fears it's not even necessarily what the fears are as much as it is my relationship to them and i think in the beginning in the beginning like i don't know i feel like the beginning was like when i was like 21 like there was nothing there was like a a white space before that because it was just kind of one step in front of the other i mean in the in the beginning it was like oh, I don't want like that kid to like sit on me or, you know, it was very like survival (laughs) mode. It was like, I'm afraid of being ostracized. Um, And, you know, I guess in some ways that that kind of fear still presented and still presents in some way. Um, But I think as time has gone on, I've let in more of those layers of fear. And I think when I operate on my kind of lowest function, Um, I'm not in touch with those fears. And that's what we were talking about in just a few minutes ago when I'm, when I'm not in touch with those fears. And I'd say that's been my evolutionary process is becoming, um, really in relationship with those fears. Um, so in my early twenties, they were just, you know, like in the attic with the lights off, like under a blanket. But they were still there, man. I mean, that's where they're kind of like lurking, ringing the bells. I have your, I'm have going to freak out your audience now because I have a personal audience in my head um, and in my heart where they basically have different personalities. And some of them are great and some of them protect me and some of them make me funny and some of them, you know, what have you. But there's some when that come from this place of fear. And they, I can't see them. So these are the ones that when I'm feeling uncomfortable, um, they will kind of like send that piece of paper up the flagpole that comes into my consciousness and makes me react from a place of fear. And I'm not in touch with that. And, and here's the thing, like I think the major wisdom, the major learning that I have, gain access to over the past, say, 15 years, is that fear is a real gift. Because when we feel fear, there's something really, really fundamentally essential that we need to know, that we need to learn, we need to look at. So I think Like my relationship with fear in the past, say 10 years ago, and still today, let's be honest, it happens all the time, but more so in the past was fear would come up and I would turn my back on it and I'd walk the other way. And now when fear comes up in my finer moments, I say, let's sit down, let's have a bourbon and let's, let's have it out. You know, why are you here? I know you're here to protect me in some way. But man, you're really effing my shit up right now. So help me understand what you're here to do, how you're here to protect me, how you're here to serve me. And I honestly, I have a conversation with it. It sounds really
0: weird. Sometimes I even give it a name. You're curious, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You get curious. And I think that's the cool, I mean, I've, I don't know when I had this realization. I think it was a little while back, but I realized, and the best way it was explained to me is fear is actually... The best way fear has been explained to me in my life is actually the idea that fear is literally you sitting on the other side of the table. So if you think you're smart, if you think you're articulate, if you think that you can dance and bullshit your way through things, mm-hmm. fear is literally doing that same thing to you. Uh-huh. So if yeah. you're having, if you're, so like, I'm with you. Like if you're having a conversation with fear And imagine having that conversation with yourself. Do do you think you could talk yourself into just about anything? Um, Yeah. I mean, I I think that, okay, so
1: you and me were clever dudes, right? So that can be really powerful. And cleverness is a tool. It's a technology. We can use it for forces of good and we can use it for forces of evil. Unfortunately, we use cleverness mostly for forces of evil within ourselves. So that goes to your question of like talking yourself in. So I, and that's kind of where I do the dance because I'm not always certain because I'm great at rationalizing. I'm great at making meaning. I'm great at painting a really beautiful, vibrant, colorful landscape to substantiate a belief. Mm. But I need to have that conversation with, with the fear to say, am I doing this whole elaborate dance So I don't have to look at this one little black spot on the landscape or is it really that? And sometimes it's hard because as a clever dude, um, I can convince myself and just be like, Oh no, like it's this beautiful landscape. And, and therefore I don't have any learning to do. I don't have any growing to do. And oftentimes, oftentimes I actually will hurt people if I don't go into that shadow, if I don't go into that opportunity for growth. Because I'm not seeing my whole self. And when I'm not operating as my whole self, um,
0: yeah, there's, there's collateral effects to that. How do you get aware of when you're avoiding the shadow? Versus yeah, I listen to you're... my body. My body always tells me. So tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, so um, there's a, an initial response that comes up within my body and again like when i'm really tuned in i feel it and my lip will quiver a bit my heart will beat faster my face will get hot and that will be a it's it's like fight flight or figure it out and usually in that when that happens it's survival mode so the fear is coming up and And here's how it often happens, like the fear comes up and I go to fight or flight mode and then I come back to figure it out mode. So, but your question of like, how do you know is in that moment and hopefully like when I'm out of the hot moment, I can come back and be like, what just happened? And where was that coming from? And what was the fear? But you know, and this is where I'm such a white belt, but you know, this is my journey, like, I would love to continue and deepen this practice to be in touch with it coming up in my body. So there's a tightness in my chest, and to take a breath and say, I need a minute. Like just having that little pause, three seconds with whomever I'm speaking with, or even within myself, just to say, I need a minute. Take a breath and say, What is coming up for you? What is coming up for you right now? What is this feeling? and And then, really, um, the The closer I can be to and this is the dance, this is the conversation with the fear, the closer I can be to identifying the emotion um, without a broad stroke rather than like fear, to say like humiliation, then I get even more clear on what it is, and then I can say, well, why?" Why are you feeling humiliation? What are you afraid of that might cause humiliation? And then it's, oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you're in an area where you're trying to be an expert and trying to be clever, but everyone else in the room is smarter than you. And it's not a bad thing, but it's like this, um, it's like a cheat code. And when we can listen to it, it says, look, you're, you're missing something. So I guess I keep going back to your original question of like why it's so significant but to answer your original question yeah it's always in my body we always have access to it i just know that oftentimes i don't want to look at it i don't want to look at it in that moment and often i don't want to look at it later but when i do it pays dividends
0: do you feel like all of your fears are rooted in like they're they're the rooted in commonalities or do you feel like you fear many things? Is it, is it that you fear many things or is it that you fear the same thing in different forms?
1: I mean, I feel like, I feel like we all fear the same thing, which is, you know, around, around survival. It's around really fundamental things like survival and acceptance. Um, So this sense of like, am I safe enough or am I good enough? Mm. And I feel like that will manifest itself in a million different ways, but at the root is am I safe and, and will I be accepted? It's a very tribal, primal kind of thing. So I think in that it's universal, um, but I, I would say we all have different experiences, you know, and that's very healthy. Like we need to be in community for survival. We need to be safe since the caveman and women days. We need to be safe. And our safety comes because we're gregarious. Our species is gregarious and we look out for each other. And I think that probably comes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the conversation. Like our need to connect, our need to find wholeness as a human nation is ultimate, like maybe, and I, I'm not trying to say like we're going to get there. Um, but I, I, like if we were able to feel that, like we're all in this thing together, we're all in some way on the same team and we're all different. We all have a different piece of the puzzle and a different gift that's essential. Um, my sense is we would, that sense of need to be safe and need to be connected. Um, those fears would subside, but we're not there right now. So I, would say that that's the commonality. And I think from my experience, it comes up in different ways and that has evolved and that's a conversation. You can go there if you want, but you know, that evolution for me, um, had had to do with um, self discovery and creating uh, and wanting to be something and not being that something and then being clever to uh, offset the ignorance um, in that process. So it was a, a heavy cross to bear for a while. And the more I looked at it, the lighter it got, and the lighter it still gets.
0: Beautiful. I love how you said that. The lighter it still gets, which means it hasn't gone away. It just oh no, <laughs> the burden just. Subsides over time. Um, I want to talk about the us versus them concept, uh, especially with these types of, you know, fear-based thinking or self-discovery curiosity, you know, and you mentioned something pretty interesting with the caveman days, everybody wanting to, you know, feel protected and feel accepted because when we came together, we were able to outsmart any animal, any natural disaster, any other species. That's how we evolved. Mm-hmm. Now we are in the space where everybody's spread out. There's countries, there's nations, there's communities. Um, do do you feel like the us versus them thing is purely just a lack of awareness? Or where do you think it comes from in today's day and age? Um, and why do you think it's easier for people to create our own fictional us versus them's mm-hmm. versus joining a collective us versus them? Sure.
1: Well, Well, everything you're asking is all connected to the same source, which which comes from this sense of fear. So when we separate ourselves into people, groups of people that have similar worldviews, similar skin culture, similar cultural norms, it's easier. We don't have to question. We don't have to be curious. We're not forced into that uncomfortable journey. So that's the payday right there. It's easy. We can show up. There's a lot of heuristics. We can just, you know, get it. We get it. And we're sitting on the couch and we're eating our chips and we're drinking our tanqueray and it feels great. Why would we change that? Why would we get off that couch? But, you know, it comes at a cost. Um, And that cost is going outside that comfort zone, going into the edge into the discomfort onto the bridge of what isn't your world of safety and comfort anymore. It's going into something new. So that's hard, you know, that's hard because it's a mirror and it says, well, I, you know, I see it totally different than you do. Like why would I have that conversation when I can just be among a cohort who are like, you're the best. And I see it the same way you do. And it's all, you know, it's all easy. So, I, th- I mean, my sense is that we have established these cultures um, very understandably so because there's a lot of diaspora out there and there's a lot around survival and security and we need to find the sameness to look out for each other and and find that sense of collective individual identity. Um, and we're struggling with that right now because we have these fractals of something that's whole, but we don't recognize the wholeness. So instead of fractals of something that's whole, we see it as fractured. We see it as broken and different. So for us to repair that which has been fractured, we need to go into the uncomfortable edge But that's where all the learning happens. That's where all the growing happens. And that goes back to the beginning of the conversation is if we want wholeness, if we want evolution as an individual, as a collective, we need to, it's a cultural imperative. It's a a life uh, imperative that we're going to these places of discomfort, like changing gears, but keeping it on the similar track, I guess. Um, within EO, within entrepreneurial organization, where we met um, yeah. basically groups of entrepreneurs working per- personal and professional development in relationship with one another. We, there's a concept called the five percent, and this is basically the the five percent of challenge and the five percent of glory that we don't share with pretty much anyone because we are not invited into that. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be. Um, celebratory in ways that make people feel uncomfortable. Um, But that those two realms of the 5%, that's where the magic happens. And those are the edge zones. And within those edge is, is tremendous amounts of life and growth. Um, So I I don't know. I don't even know where that, that train left the station, but here we are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't
0: matter because it all comes back to the fundamental idea that building wholeness—you call it wholeness—I call it self-awareness. Um, building a better picture of the self mm-hmm. um, is 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 almost the key to building better relationships, to living more fulfilling lives, to being receptive to passion by tapping into curiosity, mm-hmm. and really, really, sort of creating a human experience that celebrates even the shitty times. As much as it does the great ones. Exactly. So, how have you seen self, like, how have you seen your own self awareness show up in times where you've needed it most?
1: Um, I was dissolving uh, my last business in the process. I wasn't even aware of the process, but I was dissolving uh, my business. Uh, with my business partner. We were sitting on the couch of a like a business coach therapist is like the best way I can put it. Um, and I, I would say this wasn't even my self-awareness. This is a good example and a vulnerable example uh, in pursuit of self-awareness that, yeah, I think has been pretty formative for me. So I grew up, my parents split up when I was in my 20s and they were married for 31 years and they were um, very happy together until they weren't. And when they weren't, they weren't fighting. They were just kind of doing their own thing. And fast forward as I grow up to be a man and engage with the world in my intimate relationships, both with my business partner and with, Now, my now wife, I was conflict averse and I didn't understand why that was. So back to your question of like, how do you know when the fear is coming up? You know, there would be an invitation for conflict and I would feel it in my body and I would flight out of there. So I didn't, I was not self-aware that that was happening time and time again until it, it was one of the key drivers to the disillusion of my last business. So we were sitting there and this coach, therapist um, asked, you know, why, why are you, is it so challenging for you to like go into the conflict? Um, And then my business partner, who, who's an amazing person and was quite astute and I'm sure still is um, said, you know, something about like, what about your childhood? And I realized at that moment that I had never seen healthy conflict modeled in my life. It was either all roses and rainbows or silence and division, but never coming together and saying, You see it this way, I see it a different way, coming together with both honesty and realness and also compassion. So I never saw it done well. I just saw it either mostly not done at all. So I didn't have any tools. And that was a moment where I realized, oh my God, like I understand my story and I am now self-aware of that story. And I understand, and it's kind of like my sense of self as a white man. Once you, once I understood that, there's no unringing that bell. So self-awareness provides an opportunity, which is are you going to do something about it or not? And I hopefully usually choose to do something about it and then the evolution begins but until that self-awareness happens uh we're stymied we're stuck our development is arrested and and it's hard because we don't want who wants to admit that shit who wants to admit like oh i suck at healthy conflict uh oh i'm racist as a white man i'm inherently racist like who wants to admit that But the thing is, on the other side of that coin, is it's profoundly liberating and profoundly empowering because only then can
0: you do something about it. Mm, Dude, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, And I think you brought up a really, really, really amazing point about the importance of not just exploring curiosity with yourself, but now it's even more important to explore curiosity with things that you don't know anything about, because you would have never had that invitation to see that side of yourself if you didn't put yourself in a situation that forced you to. So exactly. how, do you, how do you learn and how do you accelerate the development of self-awareness and awareness? And, 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 and what do you personally do to sort of get you to where you want to be faster?
1: Yeah, well, you put a, a handful of things on the table. So I'll start with saying getting amazing humans in your life who you trust and respect and will be honest with you and being really clear about with yourself around who you are and that you are Ignorant and that you have room to grow and that you're committed to that process. So communicating that with those that small group of mates around you Um, and Then Continuously like in the military they do something called an AAR after action review so it's like uh, It's a discipline just as much as working out, you know, I'm gonna work out I'm gonna have a mindfulness practice. I'm gonna have a morning practice whatever it is It becomes part of one's practice. So sometimes we do well and show up in ways that feel higher consciousness. And sometimes we show up in ways that feel lower consciousness. So continuously making time for reflection, Mm -hmm. asking, what am I learning now? What is at my learning edge? What?" Give me one, and this is me talking to myself, give me one example where I lived in that aspirational self of who I want to be and give me one example where I fell short of that. What were the conditions that enabled me to live that aspirational self? You know, what was my shit that I was able to recognize and deal with and own and work through? or what have you, or maybe the people around me created a sense of safety and care and compassion that allowed me to be my best self. And then looking at where was I not, you know, where did I not show up how I really wanted to show up? And why was that? Was there fear there? Oh, fear. Okay, great. Let's go down that path. So it's this discipline to do the work and you know, that work shows up in many different ways for for many of us. And it can be around the way, like if if you're a man and you're married to a woman, and maybe you're not creating space for her to share her perspective. And that's a social pattern that can exist as an individual. So it's taking responsibility and saying, this is the way that we are patterned as humans in this day and age and as the gender that I identify with. And is that really what I want to do intentionally so it's it's understanding accountability that we may not be the cause of it but once we realize that it's happening we need to take accountability
0: and that is so so empowering dude um i think the biggest takeaway i had from what you just said was you you mentioned this practice being discipline as opposed to doing it when you feel like it or doing it when it comes up or mm-hmm. doing it Um, that, that, that is so profound for me personally, because I've always put myself in situations that have forced me to grow and have forced me to reflect and have forced me to see where my shortcomings are, but those aren't habitual. Those aren't regular. Those are more when opportunities come up or when I see something in front of me, I'll take action. So it's almost instinctual because I crave it, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. disciplined, that is a whole nother conversation treating your 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 awareness and 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 treating your own sort of shortcomings with almost like a sense of like continuous extraction uh, that's brilliant uh,
1: yeah yeah and it, i mean it really requires it, this is why it's so hard because why do you want to do this it continuously requires you pushing yourself into the fire being in the discomfort, being in the vulnerability, being in a beginner's mindset, and I don't know about you, but I love being an expert yeah. mindset. It's safe. I, it's safe. I have the power. I I make the rules. Like, but like you know, ninety uh, percent of the time that's not the case. And I hope I'm not coming off that way now because like. I don't do this all the time. I'm just aware that when I do do this, it works and it's amazing. And and I have done this in some areas of my life and other areas of my life. I'm, you know, I'm a rookie. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's kind of the thing of like why life is so beautiful. I mean, we just have unlimited potential to grow and to connect and to be in this co-evolutionary process together. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that, is always, 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 always a work in progress.
0: The courage you've developed to even be a beginner. um, How does that, how does one train that side of them um, to have courage? It's not fearlessness because I don't think fear is ever going away, but the the acceptance and and the courage. And is that a muscle that you can build? I think there's kind of two things.
1: One is this, realization that i am by not being courageous i am lowering and lowering and lowering the ceiling of my potential to give value to this world so that's something that is really really key that so when you know we talk about like psychology of humans we say what motivates you what motivates me is supporting individuals and collectives to reach their fullest potential So I see a foundational necessity that I do my work, that I am disciplined because, as you said, the more we can discover of ourselves, the more self-awareness we have, the more channels of connection we develop, the more potential entry points to support one another and connect authentically with one another. So I see a foundational necessity to do the work if I want to be the best at what I want to do, which I do. The second is the courage comes from stepping in to the fear and having the pieces fall apart and feeling despair. (laughs) And then one by one, putting those pieces back together anew And coming out on the other side, uh, it's like the hero's journey, right? James Campbell, you go through this arc of learning and you go through the fire and then you come out on the other side anew. So looking back and saying, whoo, like that sucked. But what have I gained? What are the jewels? What are the riches? And to know that on a cellular level, we will come through on the other end that helps cultivate that courage within me
0: to beautifully stated. And, uh, I can feel it just energetically from you. Um, I think that's what I admired most about you. when when we first met, it was just this incredibly connected sense of self that I almost like felt Um, and so I know you've been working on this a very long time and I know you like to consider yourself a beginner, but I found it very inspiring. So I just wanted to commend you for that. Um, and, and and opening up the way you have. So Matt, if, if people wanted to get in touch with you, find out more about what you do and just learn more about your story, how does one do so?
1: Sure. Well, you can check out my website. Um, Matthew-Abrams, abrams.com. Um, You could find out how I work with uh, leadership teams of companies and how I support CEOs and founders of companies as well. And um, you can email me, you can call me if there are ways that I can support you in your journey in some capacity. Um, that's what I'm here to do. So I'd say like, website is a great way to start, you know, LinkedIn. Uh, you can learn about past projects just by Googling my name, but yeah, I don't have any, I'm not a big social media person. Um, I'm just
0: a big person to person. I person. like person to person people. So thank you for being that way. Um, Matt, again, man, this has been such an amazing interview. I have one final question for you. Um, in yeah. the midst of, Everything you've been through, from the travels to the different careers to even the journey of self-discovery in yourself, how do you stay grounded? I
1: get outside of my head. Um, I do that through two two major ways. Um, one is giving. One is how do I how do I give? How do I support? How can I how can I show up in a way that will help someone else? Um, and that helps me get out of myself and get out of my way and the other is gratitude so those are two g's you know acknowledging how much is amazing and beautiful and gives me hope in a world that feels you know oftentimes full of despair um knowing that there's so much beauty and so much to be grateful for and appreciative of Um, so yeah those are two things that come off. Um, but I, I would also say it's a whole landscape of things and there's a synergy between you know self-care and, and what does that mean that is an ongoing practice of discovery and, and doing.
0: Dude, awesome, man. Well, I am inspired by your practice. I'm inspired by your existence and um, I am just really grateful that you took the time out of your day to share um, nuggets of amazingness with people all over the world who are trying to create lives and and experiences they love thank you raj it's a great pleasure of mine honored to be here thank you absolutely well everybody that is a wrap for this week's episode of stay grounded i'm your host raj this is your friend matt and from us stay grounded we'll chat with you soon